for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. China's climate aims are impressive and being actively pursued. Through the collective efforts of both the government and private sector, China's not only meeting but surpassing its commitments towards mitigating climate change. The country is at the forefront of paving the way for innovative technologies that are transforming the global energy landscape. A key player in driving this growth is ABB, a global leader in power and automation that has focused on China for 30 years. Its innovation and cutting-edge technologies have contributed to creating a cleaner and more sustainable future in China and will continue to do so in the future. So tell us uh, what made ABB successful in China three, in the past three decades. It started here in Xiamen uh, with the first uh, manufacturing unit that we, uh, and a factory we established here. And that was a, a long period of time where localization of manufacturing, uh, you taking technology from outside, localizing it here in China, and then serving the Chinese market. That was the focus for many years. I would say up till I was here myself in 2008, when one of my tasks when I came here was to localize and to start up with innovation and more product development and R&D, getting and not taking the technology from outside, but taking, developing the new technologies here by the local team for the local market and the region and the world. So that was, uh, I would say the last 10 years has been much more of a, still of course, had being a manufacturing hub inside ABB, but also becoming an innovation center with uh, both new hardware, software and digital solutions that we use uh, across the world in the group of ABB, uh, and therefore, but also being here a leader in the Chinese market in that field. You talk about people here. Uh, this morning I talked to some engineers along the production line, along the automation production line, and I can see they're so much dedicated in the innovation, in the improvements of know-how, all the technical details. They've been doing research and uh, testing for years. What's your impression of the local engineers? It's a, what I like here is that you have a high technical skill set, but you also have ambition. You have ambition to do something new that hasn't been done elsewhere. And there I believe we have a great example here where we do automation or what has been a fully manual operation before, which is assembly of switch gear. That is a large uh, electrical panels, which you normally, as I say, would do 100% manual. But here they've been able to develop automatic an engineered solution that is done now by robots. Robots being produced in our ABB factory in Shanghai. So it's all, also done here. But now we have a production line for switch gear. And I, I also am so impressed to see the enthusiasm from the whole team who have worked on this. And uh, now when borders are open again, I know they're also very eager to show their colleagues, for instance, in Europe or in America, what they have developed because they are in the front uh, of technology developing solutions that nobody else have done in ABB, but I also know not in the industry even. China's business environment has undergone a remarkable transformation over the past few years, opening up new opportunities for businesses of all sizes and sectors. Thanks to a range of policy reforms designed to support innovation and growth, China's become one of the most exciting and fast-growing markets in the world. As a result, a growing number of international companies are choosing to invest in China and exploring new opportunities in this exciting market. Um, you said ABB started production in China some 30 years ago, starting from Xiamen, 
right? And now today we're here in Xiamen, where IBB has invested some uh, $300 million in boosting, upgrading uh, production line here. Tell us about the, uh, your observation of the business environment here in Xiamen and probably over, overall in China. Yeah. Because it was a place where you come where it is a nice place to live, but it's also very much set up for doing business. And I think the support from the local government, the local uh, team we have here, that is, uh, then makes it quite easy also to make, to give approval for further investments. Uh, because in the end, that's what you, you need to be in an environment where your chance of success is high and where you have access to good people. And there is where we have always, and as ABB, we have always been very satisfied with Xiamen as one of our hubs in China. But of course, we are not only here in Xiamen. We have today 27 uh, companies around in China with several manufacturing hubs. We manufacture everything from uh, robotics to electrification, but also automation solution and also our EV charging, which is one of the key parts that uh, we are taking out of China, su uh, supporting the EV transition that is ongoing. But I'm also then proud to see that ABB, we have delivered more than 1 million electric chargers around, not only in China, but all over the world, uh, out of, uh, from our unit in Shenzhen. So this is a, another great example that we can use the innovation and the technology from China to serve the local market, but all, even the whole world, when the transition of EV as, a, as an example. So I have two of them in my own house okay. to my electric cars. This is a small one for a few kilowatts that you will charge your car overnight. But the fastest we do here in China now uh, uh, is uh, with 480 kilowatts, which is uh, high power DC, and there you can only maybe before in, uh, you go from 20 to 80 percent on uh, in the I saw with the uh, Xpeng uh, new SUV uh, in um, in Shenzhen and it was able to charge in seven minutes from 20 to 80 percent. According to the ABB Energy Insight Survey report, over half of business leaders believe that higher energy prices and instability could postpone their sustainability and carbon reduction goals by up to five years. This is where China's solutions can come in handy. As demonstrated by the thriving market for China's new energy vehicles, government support on green innovations has proven highly effective. Such support not only raises the financial and ecological achievements of businesses, but also makes affordable green solutions available to the world. When we are doing high-tech, maybe also more risky or innovative solutions that is not tested or tried out yet, but when you can do that, you also get, we also got good support from local and also central governments to uh, being able to do that as a company. That's something is very much appreciated. Right. Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away, stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals, Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Niu Lang said, 
Marry Me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all. It's incredible. How did you do that? Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. For future economic trends, this is BizTalk. How should China deliver on its ambitious climate goals? This is one of the answers. Between 2011 and 2018 alone, the cost of solar power plunged by more than 60%. This in turn pushed up demand, attracting more capital to invest in further deployment and expanding the green economy. In numbers, China is responsible for one-third of global solar power capacity. In the wind power domain, another major clean energy, China built more offshore wind farms in 2021 alone than the rest of the world had done in the previous five years, accounting for half of the world's total. Green innovation in China is a compelling exploration of how China is transforming itself into a clean energy powerhouse. Tell us about the green solutions and why the next generation would be a perfect time for ABB to expand your production. Yeah. I mean, the whole purpose of ABB is to enable a more energy efficient and a more resource efficient future. I'm proud to see that how we can use that technology to reach our own targets of, uh, of carbon free operations. This is, uh, we have given our own commitment and out in the market that we will be carbon emission free by 2030. And uh, we do that by using our own technology. A lot is by more uh, renewable power generation, like uh, we have in this unit where we have covered all the roof with solar panels. But it's not only that, it's also the doing everything, do a full energy assessment of what, where do you consume energy in a building. Uh, it's about how you control temperature and how you control, as I say, the light in every room in the facility. All these are some examples. In addition, we have also battery energy storage system. So we can take a peak shaving and be able to balance the energy consumption over the entire day and night. Yeah. So all these together are just a few examples of how we are able to become carbon neutral now mm. and, and uh, improve our sustainability footprint here in, in Shaman. Right. Morton, if the world is facing one biggest challenge, uh, that would be climate change. And facing of that, China uh, is uh, trying to fulfill its commitment of carbon neutrality by 2030 and carbon, uh, carbon peaking by 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2060. It's not an easy job for such a huge industrial, uh, industrial com uh, country, you know, with lots of uh, emissions of carbon. But country seems very committed to that. It's been reiterated in multiple uh, national congress that have uh, re been reporting. What are some of the things, what are some of the application areas do you think China needs to focus on? Is it the expansion of the fleet of EVs on the street? Is it more investment 
in China's vast areas of solar panels and wind turbines? Is it uh, the industrialization of uh, digital industrialization that make factories more efficient, or is it some consumption behavior of common people in their daily used uh, articles? Well, first of all, I'm very happy to, I mean, to recognize the strong commitment that China as a country and one of the leading countries that have given the commitment to carbon neutrality by 2060. That is important. For, for the world. Somebody has to take the lead and be willing to do it. Then on the second question, I don't think there is one solution to it. There is not one silver bullet. It is the many drops that makes the ocean. So therefore, all the technologies we have today have to be used to be able to do it. We need to look at the, at the uh, generation of energy mm. that needs to become, all the added energy need to be renewable with solar, wind and other means of renewable uh, energy. Over time we have to replace the carbon uh, generated energy that we use today. But then it's about how we consume it and that we become more energy efficient because as we will have a higher uh, demand for energy in the future, that is part of, of development. So it's a natural development. I don't believe we can say that we're going to cut or stop using energy. That will not that's not the solution. So it's all about how do we use it more efficiently, efficiently. And there, again, for me, the answer, as always, is we have to use technology to get there. And using digital services to get overview and get more transparency on how we use energy. Because when we have that, we can, that overview, we can make better decisions. And that's the only way, in my opinion, how we will get to carbon neutrality in the future, which is a must. But it's not going to be easy, so it really needs a teamwork across nations, but also between governments and companies and the general population. All of us have to also act differently and be observant and take personal choices that goes in the right direction. Right. In, inside this picture, with the looking at load curves, oh. about temperature, about what is the what is the, what is happening around. So it's more it's a graphic uh, or a Energy consumption. Yes. Yeah. What is happening in the different fields? Uh, oh, it means the the whole city can. Yes. So it's more. To someone can monitor the whole city's energy see consumption. What's, what's happening? Oh my God. On, on in on the utility. What happened in the port? There were even alarm where people have you know there were um, garbage that has been picked up. They could get it even as alarm because you have all information okay. of a city. What is microgrid? Yes. Microgrid means that you can even disconnect your or disconnect from the central grid. Um, and this is type of a microgrid what we have here in the building because you have all over solar panel up on the roof. That means we use 50% of the energy we use in this facility is taken from, from the roof. That means I'm surprised creating, how efficient small, this is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're creating a kind of a small subsystem or a okay. microgrid instead of the central grid, which is the big line coming from a power station or from maybe from a wind farm out at sea. Mm -hmm. But then that is connected to the central grid. But you can use also that energy out on an oil platform, then you create your own little microgrid there. Ah, it's very much encouraged to do so, right? Because yes, that is, is um, minimizing the stress on the central so grid, great. which will is one of the challenges when we are doing electrifying everything we do it puts we need a lot of transmission 
which is going to be expensive to build. Yeah. But how we can mitigate it by more microgrids, ah. that means you get supply of energy and demand or usage of energy close together, then you don't need that expensive transmission line. So electricity should uh, mostly be produced from renewable waste. Yes. Right? That's from that. solar, so from wind. Carbon-free emission, uh, power generation, uh, that is the long-term solution. And there you have solar, you have wind. We're also nuclear power. Do not, uh, there is always a discussion about nuclear, yeah. but it does not emit, it's not renewable as such, but it does not emit any greenhouse gases. That's a huge debate yep. in the world. Yeah, it is. Very interesting. I think uh, the industries are the biggest uh, consumptions of energy now. And it, uh, the, the mm -hmm. management of the energy efficiency there is the big challenge, right? If you divide it, uh, it's about close to 40% uh, is about buildings. That is the biggest. About 30% uh, is about industries. And then it's about transportation, stands for uh, rest of the in energy consumption. We can talk about EV cars, we can talk about trains, which is an important part to do, but it's not, uh, again, the silver bullet. You have to also to address Plants. industry. Yeah. They have to become also more energy efficient and over buildings. So it is therefore not one silver bullet. It is everybody has to clean, so to say, their own house to be able to come to a total positive mm. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. An German Railway Company Deutsche Director of the International Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. For future economic trends, this is BizTalk. China's shift to small manufacturing is critical to its goal of achieving high-quality growth. By embracing advanced technology like artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things, big data analysis, etc., and working with global leaders like ABB, Chinese businesses are driving innovation, boosting productivity, and enhancing their competitiveness on the global stage. From world's factory to small manufacturing, China is targeted at upgrading its fundamental industrial capabilities and creating the conditions for technological breakthroughs. With the government support and continued investment in smart manufacturing, China is well positioned 
to accomplish its Made in China 2025 plan and maintain its dominance as a leader in global manufacturing for the years ahead. How much can automation go? I mean, even China has been promising, has been making commitments in digitalizing, in transforming its uh, entire manufacturing to a more smart or, or digital area. Much of its manufacturing are still quite traditional, right? I mean, how large is the market space to apply automation from making big things to small things like mm. phones? I think that techno the, I think the only limitations in this area is what we put on ourselves because technology is there and the more it's being used, the more new opportunity you find. So that is often my, that my um, also optimism is that when we use technology, we get new ideas, we get new innovations. We are able to take it from one field over to another. And that is what we, we see here because in the past we used uh, robots mostly for automotive or in small parts, but to, uh, like your, our mobile phone assembly. But today we're seeing we can combine it. We're doing some of the small integration and assembly, but also putting that into bigger units that becomes uh, items or switchgear, as we talked about, that can be the size of a car. Yeah. So this combination of technologies together with digital that we are able to do things from remote and being able then to show customers and show them opportunities without being the need of travel, all of this together gives that opportunity of I mean, using automation uh, for even more innovation. So I believe that there is no limit. History has shown up. There is very few limits of what we can do if uh, smart people work together and look for and try to solve. So that's again is my optimism also for the future. If we can use technology that is available today and continue to develop it, I, I believe we can become smarter in manufacturing and we can use that for the good of society so that we are able to deal with some of the big challenges we are facing yeah. as, a, as a globe. Uh, now China is trying to transform its production lines from the very beginning to the end to more digitalized, to more automated. Like, what are the market's potential? I mean, how long would China need to transform this I, whole industry? If you look at the uh, population of China as well, it is aging as the rest of many parts of, let's say, the developed world, is, it's the same trend. That means the need for automation is so obvious because 10 and 20 years from now, a lot of the kids that grow up today, they want rather to want to work with robots and because they will be well educated and also education level is getting so much better. Mm. And that means that you rather want to work with robots, you want to program auto and do automation instead of doing the manual assembly. So I think that is a net, not just of the number of people, but it's also the wish of the people. Mm. It's the, as I say, the kids growing up today, uh, and we hope that they want to become engineers because they will be needed to, to uh, deal with the challenges of the future. And I think there is where we can use automation again for more, even more interesting jobs with less physical uh, stress on the on the human body i think so more interesting job with probably a, a, a lower um, lower risk of injury uh, in many areas today that we are working look at coal mining as one example mm -hmm. uh, where uh, we're in mining in general where a lot of of uh, 
quite risky operations yeah. can also be replaced with automation. Uh, so I think here is again where we can use technology for progress of society. And uh, so I'm not worried. Uh, we have that example also before where people say, will there be enough jobs for the upcoming generation? But today, and I'm, th I'm uh, in the future, I probably will rather face the other problem. Do we, do we have enough workers, enough people to challenge? And there, again, automation, robotics is part of that solution. And we rather will see that people want to work alongside the robot uh, instead of not being afraid of being replaced by a robot. They will work alongside a robot or being the master of the robot and doing the programming and making uh, that uh, the robots make a lot of the, the hard yeah. labor work that we do today. Right. Uh, China has set its uh, 2023 economic growth target at around 5%. And uh, that 5% is also many global organizations' uh, prediction of China's growth this year, uh, right after the end of the pandemic. How is ABB, like uh, ABB, a very big Fortune 500 global company, going to play in China's economic development mm. uh, for this year and uh, many years to come? Yeah, no, we, we have been in China for a long time, as I say, more than 30 years here with manufacturing. And we're planning to remain here also long term and want to participate in that good future of China with more investment and with the technology that is needed to drive some of the new policies but the new targets that China have set and we know and we are confident that we can contribute and help on that journey as well so we are here to help also on those aspects and uh, I'm very optimistic because the we're talking about five percent of GDP growth but we also know a lot of the decarbonization or areas that, that we are working in will have growth rates even above that. And that is globally, it's a very interesting market as well. As we wrap up this interviewing conversation about China's journey towards a greener and more sustainable development future, we found that through advancements in green technology and unworthing commitment to sustainable practices, China is a shining example of what can be achieved when economic progress and environmental responsibilities are intertwined. As we navigate an increasingly uncertain world, China's vision of a greener and more sustainable future provides aspiration for us all to come together and collaborate for a better future. Thanks for this edition of Biz Talk. I'm Zhen Junfeng in Xiamen. D-Dive, a podcast of CGTN Radio. We go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world.